0: Hey, thanks for downloading and listening to the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. We'd love to stay connected on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or TikTok at NLC Downtown. We have devotionals, audio from our weekend messages, conversations about big topics and culture today, and lots of options for you to become a disciple of Jesus. We aren't just a Sunday church. We want to be here for you Monday through Saturday too. Looking forward to getting to know you better. So go with me, Matthew chapter one, verse 18 through 25. Anybody got a paper Bible with them? Anybody really old school? Wave it at me, flap it at me, okay. Uh, We've also got it up on the screens. I'm gonna be in the new international version. Okay, and Michael, could you guys start my clock? Because if you don't, I'm gonna preach for 50 minutes and everybody in here is gonna be like, I'm never coming back to this church, this is too long. Okay, okay. Verse 18, here's what it says. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph... Us, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you came to us. God, that you speak to us. God, that you give us hope and peace and joy, and you fill our lives with love. And so, God, we pray that you would speak to us this morning. Our, our ears are wide open. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about examining sources this morning, and I, I think one, one of the greatest places that you really have to double-check your source is Amazon shopping. Can I get an amen, somebody? Have you ever bought something from Amazon thinking you're getting one thing that's one size and you get something that's totally different? All right, so I have some expectations versus reality for us. Okay. Uh, he, he, he bought a rug online for his room and realized the importance of specifying the size of the product you're selling. Okay. What is that for? Okay. Uh, pretty sure these aren't 32 length. <coughs> the man's got flippers on. <laughs> like, who would those fit? Michael, those wouldn't even fit you. All right, 6'5". Okay, those are Shaq's pants. Okay. Thank you for the flower substitution. Okay, well, look at this. Those were supposed to be flowers. I don't know if you can read it. It says, order of Sansbury Spring Show. That's what it's supposed to get, a type of flowers. We delivered Sansbury Spring Onion Bunch, okay? Yeah. Does, anybody, does anybody do the, the Kroger delivery? Do they ever get it all right? Once we ordered a bunch of spaghetti, because that was the only thing Georgia would eat and like little individual-sized spaghettis, and they send us an entire Russell stofer's lasagna, okay? Uh, go to the next one. This is my favorite one. What I ordered versus what I got. Y'all, we have got to examine our sources, right? Because if, if we don't look critically at our sources, we're going to be disappointed by what we get. And I think one of the most clear places of this is our sources of peace, all right? There's three different sources I wanna highlight before we get into the word real quick. Number one, success, right? Some of the richest people in the world are the most miserable. Why? Because when you get everything you want, you realize it's still not enough. Shopping, retail therapy, baby. Anybody else love to shop? Anybody, come on, I'll raise my hand. I love to shop. I love to put together outfits, right? Ensembles. It makes you feel better, right? Until you start looking at your wardrobe and you're like, gosh, I don't like any of my clothes anymore. Nothing in here fits the way that it used to, okay? So, so success, shopping, and the last one is the sauce, right? I could have said substances, but I felt like the sauce was funnier, okay? <laughs> any sort of substance you go to to try to find peace, Right? That's why we go out. That's why we party. People want their problems to go away, so they go to drinking or doing drugs or whatever to try to escape, to try to get relief. But ultimately, if you've tried to store up peace for yourself in that place, you'll find the thing that you were trying to escape from is still there waiting. Yo, God does not offer peace in the form of a way out of difficult circumstances. I want you to hear this. God is peace in difficult circumstances, okay? He's not trying to get you out of pain in your life. He's not trying to remove you from tension in your life. He is trying to be peace in your life. Tim Keller says it this way. He said, the peace of God is not the absence of fear. It is, in fact, his presence. God is with us. So we have peace. True peace comes when we recognize that despite the chaos around us and within us, God is ultimately in control. I'm going to say that again. True peace comes when we recognize that despite the chaos around us and within us, God is ultimately in control. So often, I lack peace due to unmet expectations. Anybody else? Get frustrated because things don't go the way you think they should. For me this past week, uh, I struggled with peace, okay? Okay. Uh, last well, last weekend, last Saturday night, like I told you, uh, we went up to the hospital, and we're thinking, like, this is probably it. Now, what you don't know, and I want to tell you now because I want to set you up for it, I- I'm basically going to be gone for a month, okay? And I'm going to be taking some time away from speaking. I'm going to be focusing on my family, taking some time to rest in my soul while I'm sleep-deprived in my body, okay? Uh, And so I'm I'm actually working on a series I'm going to be doing in the new year uh, starting in February on modern idolatry, okay? So you can mark your calendar if you're that type of person. Um, And so for me, like, we're, we're going to the hospital. I'm like, okay, this is it right? I've been working for nine months to make sure that the church can function fine without me, which I'm telling you guys, it's going to be better with me gone. okay? This team is ready to go. And so we get up there, and, and they stop the contractions, and they send us home. They're like, you might have to come back. Callie's on bed rest, and she's like a tasker, right? So she's going crazy, and I'm thinking, there's no way these babies are going to stay in, okay? They're going to come at any time. I'm, imagine it like this. It's like you're going away, or like you're going on vacation, or you're taking some time away, and it's like, okay, time away, start start starting. No, no yeah, yeah, It's it's... No, nah, you're not off, okay? We're, we're going to keep going, y'all. I love to work, but I just want to know what my timeline is. Is anybody else like that? Can I get an amen in somebody, okay? So I'm like, when is this starting? Like, whatever. And so this week, I was struggling with peace because I'm like, God, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I working on? Am I preaching this weekend? Am I writing a message for somebody else? Is Neil going to be finding out he's speaking at 4.30 in the morning? Like, what is going on? And it started to rob me of peace, I just want to be transparent with you guys. Like, I I can't ever preach on something and act like I've got it all together. Because this week, really, I I was wrestling with it. I was struggling with it. It was disorienting, right? Just think about how disorienting the first Christmas was for Mary and Joseph, okay? Think about this. Okay, I want to unpack this from Matthew chapter 1. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was engaged to Joseph, and she was a virgin, okay? We all know what that means. However... She misses her period, right? And so she's probably thinking, you know, I've got the stress of planning this wedding. It's probably got me off my cycles. You know, whatever, it's going to come. I'm conjecturing, okay? <laughs> and then maybe like a month goes by, the second month goes by, and she's like, okay, something's going on. I have no idea what's going on with me, but something's off. And then a, an angel of the Lord appears, and get this, says you were in fact pregnant with God's son, right? And she's like, okay. Now imagine, she's gotten this news, she's been impregnated by the Holy Spirit, and then she's got to go tell Joseph, okay? So she goes to him and says, I'm pregnant, but don't worry, it's not with another dude, it's not what you think, it's, it's God, all right? Man, be honest, how many of you guys are buying that one? All right, if you believe that one right out the gate, I've got a bridge to sell you, okay? Right, like we're just not going to go there. And so he, he's, he's decided he's going to try to divorce her quietly. Uh, but an angel comes to him and says, do not be afraid. The angel is from God. You're going to name him Jesus, and he will save the world from his sins, and he will be called Emmanuel. That means God with us. And he has faith, and he believes it. You'll listen to me. There is going to come a time in your life when you're gonna to have to believe something from God that seems absolutely unbelievable, you're gonna to have to believe and accept that He loves you despite how desperately broken you are. You're gonna to have to believe and accept that He has a plan for your life no matter how much you've messed up your life. You're gonna to have to believe and accept that He's in control no matter how much everything around you seems out of control. And we've got to believe that God moved heaven and earth, and He came. This is what we're going to be talking about today as a baby. Think about that. God came as a baby to save you. Nine pound, eight ounce baby Jesus, right? And through His life, death, and resurrection, that baby boy 2,000 years ago, because of what happened, you can have peace in your soul in 2021. It's incredible. Listen, y'all, we have peace with God because he has come to us. Let's look at this again, Matthew one twenty. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Some theologians say that the incarnation, I actually line up with this, that the incarnation is absolutely the greatest miracle in human history, even over the resurrection. We're going to unpack this. J.I. Packer said it this way. He said, nothing in fiction, that means nothing that's been made up or been written in stories is so fantastic as the truth of the incarnation. That's the birth of Jesus, the God-man. Think about this. Some people are like, I really struggle with the idea of resurrection. Okay, like I'm okay with the idea of Jesus, but I struggle with the idea that he could be raised from, dead, from the dead. You'll listen. If, if God is born, right, and he's walking among us. There's nothing he can't do, right? And so if we can believe the first, that he was immaculately conceived by a virgin through a partnership with the Holy Spirit, and that he was placed inside of a Jewish woman who was 13 years old 2,000 years ago, we can believe he can, he can feed 5,000 people with two loaves, five fishes. That's not that big of a stretch, right? If we, if we believe that, and he truly is who he says he is, we believe that he can walk on water. So that takes care of the miracles, It is so much more difficult to believe that God came and that he was born as a baby, but that is in fact what we believe as Christians. Listen, this whole situation could have been an enormous stumbling block for Mary and Joseph, right? If God was not their source of peace, if God was not their source of security. Okay, let's just, Let's add this up, all right? Baby born out of wedlock in a hyper-traditional culture. (laughs) Check, right? Uh, Joseph would have been considered either a liar or a fool by the people in the community. Check, all right? Either he slept with her or somebody else did. That's what everybody's thinking. She would have been considered a promiscuous woman in this hyper-traditional culture. They as a culture would have always been seen as sinful That Jesus would have been considered uh, a child born out of wedlock. This major social rejection that they faced in order to be faithful to what God had called them to would have been a constant difficulty in their life. you will listen to me. If God calls you in and God draws you, he's not drawing you into an easy life. He's calling you into a life of peace, but it's not circumstantial peace, Okay. It's not peace in your circumstances. It's an absolute peace that covers all circumstances. I don't know about you, but what they went through does not look like peace on the outside. Because let's take it even further, okay? Jesus had to be, Mary had to travel with Jesus to Bethlehem because of a census that was going on. He was born in a stinking barn, okay? Imagine that. I'm up at the Conway Hospital this past Uh, Weekend, And you know what? It's pretty empty up there. You're like, why would you go to Conway? There's not a lot of people up at that hospital. I'm looking around. It's this beautiful operating room. And and there's still a level of fear that can come in, right? He's born in a barn with cows and goats and animals. And he's born into a food trough. That doesn't feel very peaceful. And not only that, the king at the time, King Herod is so intimidated by this idea of a Jewish king that he has all the baby boys in Bethlehem slaughtered. Notice this. It's true for them and it's true for us. When we follow God, we often follow God into the storm. How is this peace? If God has really come, it means that the order and the operation, I don't want you to miss this. If God has really come and he's really been born, It means that the order and the operation of this world has been turned on its head. And if God has been born as a baby, that means that he is king. And it changes everything. Google's not king. Facebook is not king. Berkshire Hathaway is not king. Costco is not king. God, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is king, it is peace for us, but it is not peace for the systems of the world. It's an absolute affront to the world that we live in, and look how Herod reacts, I wanna read this to you. Matthew two, one through three, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, He was disturbed. (laughs) This is one of the great understatements of the scripture, right? He slaughters the the, the kids because he's trying to kill this Jewish king. Y'all, so so many people ask. I, as a pastor, get to see this. People say, I started following Jesus. And why is it that when I started following Jesus, all hell broke loose in my life? It's because all of hell is coming against you, right? Right? this is not a, a peaceful act, a, a conquering king coming in. The ruling powers are not going to be pleased about this. So we, we cannot confuse situational peace with the peace that God has come to bring us. And here's what we know. Christians, I, I want to encourage you with this. I want to tell you this. Jesus said, John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, he said in this world you're going to have trouble but take heart, I've overcome the world. Y'all, if we don't get this, when trouble comes, we're gonna be confused. We live in a culture that has largely celebrated Christian values throughout history. That's shifting, that's changing, that's gonna to continue to change. And y'all, if we don't know what type of peace God actually brings, we're gonna be confused when the battle comes to our doorstep, amen? We have to understand the type of peace that God came to bring us. John Tyson said this, he said, Satan's plan is to not turn you into a notorious sinner. His plan is to just to get you to go along with the systems of the world and be slowly lulled to sleep. Here's what I wanna encourage you with in Christmas. We've gotta examine our sources. Where are the places that you're tempted to try to find peace? What are those places that you're tempted to say, this is my king, this is my prince of peace? How do we know what that thing is? It's the place that you run to when stress and trouble hits. Y'all listen, we all have it. Every one of us in this room have different sources of peace, different places that we run. But Y'all listen, God has called us into a battlefield, amen? We've got to be built for it. We've got to be ready for it. And we've got to believe that if God has really come, it changes everything. So number one, we have peace because God came to us. Number two, we have peace because God came to forgive us. God came to save us. Matthew 1, 21. She'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Because he'll save his people from their sins. Have you ever been given a gift that humbled you? Right? Like, if somebody gives you a book on weight loss and like how to manage your time better, they're telling you something, okay? And so, in order for you to accept that gift joyfully and thankfully, you have to admit that you're overweight and that you're terrible with time management, right? A gift that tells you the truth requires humility to receive. Does that make sense? Listen to me. For us to receive the gift of Christmas requires us to be humble because we are admitting, this is what we're admitting, that we are so lost and we are so broken, only God coming for us, living for us, and ultimately being killed by us, only so that he can rise, rise from the dead, that is the only way we can be saved. This is what we believe as Christians, and we have to humble ourselves We have to humble ourselves to believe it. You know, in in the New Testament, there's a lot of illusions, uh, not illusions, illusions. Okay, Google corrected me on that. It's an illusion, Michael. Anybody? Got one. Arrested development. (laughs) Just me and Neil. Okay, keep going. The Old Testament writers call the things, or the New Testament writer called the things in the Old Testament shadows of things to come, okay? And so the, the way that the Apostle Paul frames it in, in the book of Colossians, he says that that Sabbath, he's talking about rest, is a shadow of the thing to come, but the fullness belongs to Christ, okay? So even the name of Jesus is one of these things, okay? Remember, we have peace because God came to save us. This is what we're building out right here. So even the name of Jesus is one of those things, so you've got to remember the Bible is written in Greek, right? But Jesus was a Hebrew, okay? It's written in Greek, but these are Hebrew people. Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Yeshua, which in Hebrew is an alternative to the name Joshua. Everybody say Joshua. Now, now, Joshua was, was a conquering general in the Old Testament. Maybe you've heard the story of the walls of Jericho, right, where, where they march around the walls for seven days, and they yell, and, and the walls fall. Um, th- this is the campaign that, that Joshua the general led. And so if we go in and we break it down, we look at the Greek and Hebrew together, Jesus is actually named Joshua. So Joshua is a type of Jesus. This means somebody in the Old Testament who points us towards Jesus, who's to come in the New Testament. Are y'all with me? Okay, so similarities between Joshua and Jesus. They're both leaders who follow the Lord's law. Joshua was an upright man who followed the law of the Lord. Number two, they're both leaders who deliver and rescue sinners. We're gonna break that down here in a second. They're both warriors who conquer their enemies. They're both prophets who speak the Lord's word. They're both victors who share their inheritance with the people. And they're both servants who faithfully enact The Lord's will. Here's what I want to present to you. Here's what we're seeing in this naming of Jesus. Jesus is the greater Joshua. Okay. He follows the Lord's law perfectly and he lived a perfect life. Jesus rescued a prostitute named Rahab. We heard about her last week. She's actually in the lineage of Jesus. She helped the spies of Israel who were coming in to spy out the promised land. Jesus rescued Rahab. Jesus rescues the whole world. Joshua conquered the enemies of Israel. Jesus conquers the enemy of the whole world, sin and death, and calls us all into freedom. Joshua spoke on behalf of God. Jesus spoke as God. Joshua divided the shares of the promised land with the people of Israel as an inheritance. And Jesus invites us into his very bloodline. Neil broke this down last week and offers us a never-ending pool of grace and peace. What does that mean? When we're grafted into the family of Jesus, we cannot outspend his grace. It is a fortune we could never waste. It's a fortune we could never spend all the way through. And we've been grafted into his bloodline. Joshua Offered his life in the service of God and people. Jesus gave up his life to the glory of God and the salvation of all people. Jesus is God coming to save us all. God coming to forgive us. It means we have peace with God. Y'all, every person who has ever walked the planet has been searching for one thing. And I believe they've been searching for peace. And here's what I want to submit to you this morning. If that's you, and you've been searching for peace, what you're actually searching for is Jesus. You're searching for something that only he can truly give you. And you go to these other things that God has actually given as a gift to us. the, The world is meant to be enjoyed, but it's not meant to be God. Does that make sense? We have to properly order our lives, we have to properly order our hopes, we have to properly order our desires, and as we do that, we find hope, we find peace. Jesus has come to offer a better source source of peace. I love this. Uh, Tim Keller says it this way. He says, when God showed up as Jesus Christ, he was not a pillar of fire, not a tornado, but he was a baby. There's nothing like a baby. Even young children have their own agenda and can, and can run from you, I can attest. But little babies can be picked up, hugged, and kissed, and if they're open to it, they actually cling to you. Think about this, God in flesh as a baby. Why would, com- why would God come this time in the form of a baby rather than a firestorm or a whirlwind? It's because this time he's come not to bring judgment, but to bear it. To pay the penalty for our sins, to take away the barrier between God and humanity so that we can be together. Jesus is God with us. My last point for this morning is you can have peace because God is with us. Matthew 1, 22 through 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I think it's amazing that the first place that God chose to come and dwell in bodily form, it was not in a palace. It was not in a castle. It was not in a bunker, but it was in the womb of a 13-year-old girl. Isn't that amazing? That's what God offers us today. This is the gospel. Is it just like Jesus was born in the womb of this little girl, that the spirit that was in him is now gifted to us and can live inside of us. It's called the Holy Spirit. And that the, the divine can come down and actually enter into our dysfunction and can actually lead us and guide us and bring us peace. Y'all, this is the hope of Christmas. And it changes everything for us. You know, for me, some of you guys know my story. I, I wrestled with drug addiction younger in life and I had a pain pill problem and I could not articulate it in this way. But I remember the first time I took pills, it was like this peace washed over me that I'd never felt before in my life. And I was like, whew, this is what I've been looking for. <laughs> you know." And so I kept chasing it and I kept chasing it and I kept chasing it. But the problem with that peace, the problem with the peace that the world offers is it doesn't last. But five years later, as I was battling through the addiction and I met Jesus, I received a peace that lasted. That's what God's come to offer us. He's come to offer us a peace that, that lasts through the night, lasts through the weeks. It lasts through the seasons. Y'all listen. I was just like anybody else. I was trying to find status to bring me security. I was trying to look for success to give me value. I was looking to substances to bring me peace. But y'all listen. What God offers us through Jesus He offers us a a peace that surpasses all understanding, anything that the world could give. I love this verse. I think it outlines it perfectly, and and we're going to land the plane here. Isaiah 9, 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, a son is given to us, and the government, everybody say government, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Y'all, the highest form of power our world has rests on his shoulders. Our country rests on his shoulders. Our lives rest on his shoulders. Our communities rest on his shoulders. Our families rest on his shoulders. So we can take heart and we can have peace because Jesus has overcome the world. He became poor so that we could become rich in the inheritance that he offers us. I want to close with this quote from J.I. Packer. It says, Bound up in the Christmas message of the incarnation, is the Easter message of atonement. So bound up in the Christmas message of incarnation is the Easter message of atonement. For if God, for if Jesus was not God made man, then we remain in our sins. If he's not who he said he is, we remain in our sins. But the reality of the first advent is that God in all of his riches became poor so that we might become rich in Christ. Let me tell you something. If you're in Jesus, peace is your inheritance. And there is nothing in this world that can rob you of your inheritance in Christ as long as we let him reign and rule.